another edition of the Sunday Card. We gave you the last time out the AFC edition of Free Agency Frenzy and all of our futures props bets. And I'm sure, like most of us, you disagree, but most of you probably agree because we're smarter than you. And then at the same time, you listen now because we have to do the other side. We have to do the NFC. Free agents, prop bets, futures. Give it to you straight without any chasers right here on the Sunday card. Dan Zampano with the Iceman, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver. So I get to see his face now, which is so refreshing. I haven't seen his face since the Super Bowl. Uh, he, as usual, is freshly shaven, and it's fantastic to see. Uh, and our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone. By the way, Lou Williams back in the Atlanta City. We're going to Magic City next time just to celebrate with Lou, per- Lou Paracone. Maybe we'll find, we'll connect the two Lemon Pepper Woos at some point in the future. But, Matty Ice, we're doing the NFC today, right? Yes, we are. We are doing the NFC today. And you're also mistaken cleanly shaven with the uh, utter lack of being able to grow any facial hair. That's really all it is. But yes, clean shaven sounds much better than that. Um, the NFC, we were we kind of said this last episode, a lot of moves, everything, obviously plenty of moves over all of uh, the NFL and the free agency, but the real impacts and some of the bigger names uh, really were in the NFC this year. And it feels like the mix up and, you know, everybody's everybody's chasing the Chiefs out of the AFC. I mean, are we crowning the bucks the current you know i mean obviously they're the reigning super bowl and nfc champions is they're the ones to go after the packers are coming back again lots of mix-ups in the nfc well as usual the nfc is more competitive than the afc yeah normally i don't think that's the case this year i think that we are switching it up this year at least in my estimation um but we'll get into why that is coming up in our nfc south segment here um as we did last time matt we're just going to go through every single team in the nfc uh and then we'll give you as we go along our over-unders that we like that we don't like and maybe just maybe give you some mvps and some nfc championship props as well so why don't we start shall we and let's do it again in the nfc east and i mean in the nfc east there's really only one team that matters during the off season, because that's all anybody ever talks about is the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, how much do we have to in, inhale of media about the Dallas Cowboys? But the big story of the off season here, Dak Prescott, he gets his big deal, mega deal. How about $40 million a year from Jerry Jones's pocket? Thank you very much. I'm going to write my oil check and then I'll fill you out, Dak. And, but what the big thing about this is, and that was the main um, the main signing that Dallas pretty much had to do, they were backed into a corner. Are we at all, even with Dak there, are we at all any enthused by the idea of that Dallas defense being any better, bringing in a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn, Matt? I mean, the guy doesn't necessarily have the track record as a head coach, but I mean, as a defensive corner, that's what he was, you know, known for back in the Seattle days, obviously, and, and Pete Carroll that, you know, they were known for their defense back in those days, obviously, you know, you, you remember them from those, that Super Bowl year. Um, so I, he could, I think he can make some improvements if, if he gets, is on the defensive side of the ball. Hard to say after I ragged on the guy for the past two seasons, again, as a head coach, and we've seen that certain guys just are not cut out to be head coaches much better suited as sticking in their coordinator position. <clears throat> Rex Ryan, Lou, uh, might know. But 
they did. I mean, obviously, again, the big signing, like I said, the big thing they did in the offseason is resign Dak. And Mike McCarthy started to show some competency as a head coach towards the end of end of last year. They were, you know, they rallied as a team to try and win that that eight and eight division title that everybody was going after in the NFC East. So I have a little bit of faith. And obviously, the offense was supposed to be, you know, top five. It was the, the first five games that Dak was playing when they were down big and then putting up 42 points. I mean, that Falcons game, that was like the craziest game ever. Um, so, I mean, that offense is going to be elite again this year, as far as I'm concerned. So signing Dak is the biggest move they could have made. That game actually was just on uh, NFL network and I rewatched it and how bananas that game was at the end. Yes. But um, with the onside kick, but I mean, look, we knew last year what the problem was and it was that secondary. I mean, they were God awful and they got rid of their top two corners and are replacing them. I mean, they lose a woozy, they lose, um, they lose Xavier Woods. And yes, obviously Jordan Lewis getting re-signed, that was a big deal, but Terrell Basham, Keanu Neal, I mean, Carlos Watkins leaves a little bit to be desired, to be honest. I know like we want to say that we were a year early on picking the Cowboys and this is now the year. And, you know, that was our team last year going in. But I just I, I question whether they have the ability still defensively with a guy that's going to be running his own scheme that basically worked in Seattle. And but it worked seven years ago when he was in Seattle and it never worked in Atlanta. I mean, worked for maybe a year and then just completely fell apart. So I, I I'm skeptical on Dallas. I think that's the word for me. I, you're talking about Seattle comparisons. I'm thinking they could look, the Dallas Cowboys next year could look a lot like what the Seattle Seahawks did this past year. Again, where, again, that was another game that the Seahawks and Cowboys game that was, you know, week four or five or something like that. Again, just no defense being played. It's like first team to 40 is going to win. So that might be their MO again this year. Uh, it's going to be a hard I, – I, I just – I don't want to listen to Skip Bayless and Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith. Like, I can't – I can't. Why do you even have that network on? Don't even turn that network on. I think I'm going to delete the app is what I'm going to do on my Roku. Uh, Washington football team. They're the defending champions. This is oh, that perked him up. Did you see that? Did you see Maddie's head bob right there? You perked him up. He's a Washington football team. Well, some pretty good signings, right? Some pretty great signings, Maddie. I mean, they address like their defense is, is so good. Absolutely, their defense is what really got them there on the back, you know, between the mishmash of Haskins and Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke. They're just the amazing playoff game that Taylor Heineke had. Um they bring in, they fixed the one problem that they had on the defense was the cornerback position. And they bring in William Jackson third, who had just such a good season in Cincinnati last year. If he can repeat what he did, they signed him to a three or $40 million contract. I mean, that's massive. They bring in Daryl Roberts as well. Um, if they can have addressed their secondary problems, I mean, that front seven we know is amongst the nastiest in the league. And then you've got a guy in a great game manager in Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in to just absolutely just try and game manage this team and win by playing smart football and playing really good defense. And I think that I, I know that it seemed like kind of a miracle season for the football team last year, but I think that they could do it again. I, I you know, hard to believe in Fitz magic in a starting role versus the backup role, I'd much rather have them in my backup role. Now here's the, here's the kicker with this one, is that, I mean, you go around the carousel with those three quarterbacks last year. And yet you somehow find a way to win a division title because you have the best defensive front line in football. 
And anybody that argues with anybody about that is foolish. They have the best defensive line in football. They also add Curtis Sam on the offensive end, yes. which is a huge weapon. You you combine now McLaurin, bring him with his fellow Ohio State brother and put Curtis Samuel on there. Gives you the gadget slot guy that they can use in so many different ways. Kind of a Debo Samuel-esque. No, I don't think they're related. They might be. Uh, Curtis Samuel brings a very dynamic uh, part of your offense and, and uh, brings about a dynamic part of your offense. And then to add him with Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas had a really good year at the end of the year at tight end. I think they're a team that could definitely trade up to get a quarterback, though. I think that's a team that's ripe to just go up and get into the top 10 and go up and get somebody if they like it, depending on what Atlanta does. Atlanta really holds the key to this whole thing in the whole draft. But Washington seems to me like they could maybe make a play for Fields, maybe Lance, something along those lines. If they don't have sticker shock from the last time they traded up for a quarterback and <laughs> had to mortgage their entire future. But hopefully they won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> One would hope for. I mean, it, it's there's bright spots on the horizon for that football team. There's sure. bright spots on the horizon. For the football team. The football team. <laughs> the football team. Who, well, by the way, now has, and now has their 30,000 – names list up there and i think we both liked uh hogs or red hogs or something like that yeah i believe you were a wild hogs guy and i like the red hogs yes. but either way we want some hogs in the league we got to get some pigs that's what they are they're the hogettes the the old school 80 if chris was here if chris was here he would vouch for this. the old 80s everything everything was better in the past it used to be a great country he's all about them. they gotta embrace the, pig, <laughs> the embrace the pig noses again i love those i love when you see those at the sideline that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I like red tails too. That would be a kind of a good one. Um, here's a team that's interesting. New York Giants. Now the Giants made a ton of offseason moves. I think they made more offseason acquisitions than any other team in this division and kind of rebooted. And we know we, I, I really like Joe Judge as a coach. I, I really do. I do think they overpaid for a lot of these players. I will say that. I don't think they had a lot of competition uh, with Kenny Galladay, which kind of makes me nervous about Kenny Galladay and, and what he brings right now. But he is a big asset to the rest of that offense um, with the Giants. So they add pieces to their offensive weaponry, but they also spend a lot of money on defensive pieces that are questionable. To me, there's a lot of moving parts with the Giants this year. Bring in offensive weapons like Kenny Galladay, like Kyle Rudolph. That's a, you know, you pair him with Evan Ingram. But then you lose guys like Dalvin Tomlinson uh, in the middle to shore up and, and sign Leonard Williams to this huge deal. And it's it, it, it feels like they're ready to go and they have the pieces kind of in place. But I don't think there's a more important season for a quarterback this year than there is for Daniel Jones. If he does not make the leap this year, they need to start looking in 2022 where they are in the draft. Because I really it, it has to happen this year, I think. Yeah, and the signing of Kenny G, you know, it's like obviously he's probably he's the top wide receiver available, you know, alongside Will Fuller, maybe. But again, I think I think most people would hold Kenny Galladay a lot higher. But is he the right kind of fit for a guy like Daniel Jones? Kenny G's, you know, he's really that deep target. Obviously, Matt Stafford, Rocket Arm, like that's where they connected on most of their stuff. He's not a super high volume catch guy. He's not a hundred reception kind of guy. He's a deep threat, you know, long touchdown shot. And I just, you know, like I mean, you're saying that. 
if Daniel Jones is going to show any sort of tenacity, some zip, some some playmaking ability, I mean, give him Kenny G. And if he can't make it happen with that, then I think there's some problems. And then I wish I saw them sure up their offensive line more. I mean, they lose they they lose Zeitler to uh, their guard and they replace him with Zach Fulton. So it's pretty much just an even swap. But it's like that was probably the unit that really needed to be upgraded along with the defense. Um, and as, as far as paying too much, Adore Jackson was cut from the Titans who had the worst corners in the league last year. And now they pay him three years, $30 million, something like that. I mean, that one doesn't make any sense to me. What a absolute dumpster fire. That's a typical Gettleman move. Yes. To, to, to sign a guy like that for that much money. The guy doesn't even return punts anymore regularly. I mean, like, what is he? He's really fast, guys. Like, let's sign him for a million dollars. I mean, what are we doing there? I, I bet he's cut after the season. I would. Oh, I bet he's cut after the market. Oh, my God. I, I He's another Jabril Peppers. He's another Jabril Peppers. Like, that, that's type yeah. of story. Like, I'm telling you, oh, my gosh, that is brutal. What about John Ross, guys? John Ross is fast, too. Let's put him on the team. I mean, come on. I want speed, guys. Do, do they have the scouts from the Oakland Raiders of, like, three years ago when they were drafting <laughs> Darius – or not three years ago, like, for the past ten years, of like drafting, the, you know, the speediest guys, Darius Hayward Bay and, and et cetera? <laughs> Areas Hayward Bay. That is a that is a blast from the past. I will say though that I think I do think Kenny G. When you talk about him, he complements the other receivers better because he's not like the other receivers like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. I, I I really like those receivers. I think they're really solid pieces, and I think Kenny Galladay just adds a red zone target more so than anything uh, to go along with Rudolph and Ingram. Like now you've got three really big bodies, and then. Two two other bodies that are really good at route running, and then just throw John Ross on go routes. I mean, I kind of like the receiving core and all the weaponry. I mean, they got a ton of weapons, but it's the quarterback. And you're so right; it's the offensive line. I mean, that is a that's going to hold that team back if it happens. So I'm I'm interested to see if we have any Giants props after. I don't know if we have to talk about this, but we do have to talk about it. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're absolute. Is there a bigger dumpster? Maybe outside of Houston, is there a bigger dumpster fire than Philadelphia? No, I mean, it, 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 you paired them up with the other team that I think is tanking. Like, they're this is a team that's going into the season, they're tanking, they want a draft pick. Like, I mean, who's playing? I guess, I guess Jalen Hurts is playing quarterback, is what we're going to go with. Um, so we're going to build around that, and we're going to do absolutely nothing to to help him out on the offensive side. They were already the worst wide receiver core outside of the new England Patriots last year. Um, they do nothing to help that they just lose pieces on the defense. They're going to leave Darius, uh, Darius Slay to basically defend every receiver that's on the field. Cause they don't sign any other cornerbacks. I don't know what they're doing. They're lost. They did sign Anthony Harris, but he's an older corner. That's not crazy upgrade, I guess. Um, I will say this, their offensive line, if healthy is good. I will say that because they were missing. That was the number one problem for them last year. I mean, their offensive line sucked. I mean, it was horrible. So now Brandon Brooks comes back. Austin Dillard comes back. That'll help. But again, like where are the weapons on this team? You, you make stupid re-signs. Like why is Jason Kelsey or Travis? Yeah, no, Jason Kelsey. Yes. Why did they resign him? He's a hundred years old. He's way past his prime. at Like, it's the Super Bowl team. Brandon Graham, like this is another guy. They had no money to spend, yet they paid these guys on extensions. 
And it, it's and and I just don't understand it. And clearly, like we talked about last time, that article in, in the Athletic with the meddling owner of Jeffrey Laurie, the analytics department undermining the scouting department. It is a dumpster fire. And you know what? Maybe it's good for Philadelphia. But I do like Jalen Hurts. I do like Jalen Hurts. I think he will be good in the future, just not right now. Do you like any over-unders in the NFC East? I do. If we can go right off the team that we were just talking about, I think the Eagles under six and a half wins. That seems far <laughs> too much. I mean, again, talk about a team that we think is tanking. If we're comparing them to Houston Texans, the Houston Texans were at four and a half wins. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are two wins better than them. So I will take the under on that. And there's a couple overs I'm interested in, but I want to hear what you got to say first. Actually, that's the one I had. I, I had one as well, another one, but I, I quickly canceled it out. Uh, Eagles under six and a half, like you said, plus 110 for all the reasons you just said. I'm interested in the Giants. I, I, I originally had them as an under team, but I do think they have some potential, maybe be a second or maybe even push for a division. I don't know. What are they at? Seven is their, is their line? Seven, seven was the number I had. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're interesting too. Like a lot of these lines, I, I really thought about you know, the Cowboys over nine and a half because again, with it feels like they could be a ten win team. You know, again, I, I think I, we're both definitely a little scared of them. We're a little shy of them this year because we were both so heavy on them last year. But again, how have things changed? Have they got have things gotten better? It's hard to say. With, without you can't make with, a season without Jack, it's so hard to compare. Right. Right. You can't make the determination because Dak wasn't there. And even when Dak was there, they still gave up a thousand points a game. I mean, that's what scares the freaking hell out of me is like, can Dak score 40 points a game so they can win? Like, I guess, like, sure. But I mean, it's a mil like for every million dollars is the points. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's crazy. But I have a feeling you might have one other one there. Well, just, I was going to say one interesting one where it's tough for me now because I think it's been bet out of it. But uh, to win the division, the Washington football team opened at plus 550 is all the way down to plus 230. So for me, I'm just feeling like I'm, I could still bet it. Cause I think that's decent, but I, I mean, the value was really baked in at over, over 300. I feel like, you know I mean? We're, we're three to one odds. Um, because again, you just still don't, that's, that's where I go back to Fitz magic in the starting role. It's like, how much are we really going to bank on this guy to run a full 16 game, 17 game season, 17, game season. <laughs> 17 game. Very good on correcting yourself, but they had nobody at the position last year either. So I mean, it's like, you know, and their number, their number is eight. I mean, their number is eight. Like they should win eight games. They should easily win eight games and go over that number. And even at plus two thirty, I had plus two Oh five, depending on where you had it. Like, I'll take the Washington football team all day. They are the favorites. They're the favorites. And I don't know why anybody would be ahead of them. It's, like, it's a good point. I think I might be, you know, maybe overthinking it. But then I'm also looking at the Dallas Cowboys went from minus 120 to a plus 120. So now you're getting plus odds on a really good team in a division that needed eight wins to win last year. Ugh, that's hard. <laughs> that's too hard it's too hard what else do we expect out of the nfc east except uh, for very bad football the scramble our brains that's what we expect uh let's go to the next division let's go to the nfc norris the norris division um how much farther can the green bay packers go like how much farther can they go i mean what else do they have to do with the same exact team they have last year because right all they did was re-sign Aaron Jones and re-sign Kevin King. 
and do absolutely nothing else. I don't know. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. And especially against a team that again had so many questions last year, even though they're what do they finish 13 and three or or 12 yeah. and yeah. So but again, their big thing was oh, they lost the playoff teams. And that's I mean, it really did kind of come true. They had a home NFC championship game that they got kind of worked in. So uh Aaron Rodgers, another year older. Um, does he still have the Jordan Love chip on his shoulder to motivate him to an MVP season? I don't know. I mean, do we have a lot of repeat MVP seasons out of 35 plus year old quarterbacks? Also, not really. Hmm. I mean, where do you? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, you're you're hitting the nail on the head here. I think though that people are really going to undersell the Packers this year. I know they're like the second favorite to win to get to the Super Bowl, and I, I get that. I think that people are really going to look at them very skeptically. It's like, yeah, they're good, but and maybe just maybe we could see this might be a magical year for the, for the Packers just going into that third year under that regime. That's what I'm thinking. I feel like I don't feel good about the Packers, but that's exactly why I should bet on them type of deal uh, to maybe even get to the Super Bowl. I'm kind of reverse psychologizing myself a little bit there with that. So I, 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 I like them. I like them. I think they are a good team. They're clearly a good team, but it's like the summer of jeopardy and like, all this stuff like Aaron Rodgers is such his own man and like throws everybody off that it makes it seem like he's not, you know, fully on board when clearly he's the best quarterback out there right now, uh, not named Mahomes. So, I mean, you know, I am trying to find it in my heart to bet them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm trying to find that. So do you think that belief is coming from your, your faith in the Rodgers and LaFleur relationship in this program, or is it more – in Rodgers or more in LaFleur or is it just again just just the two of them having a consistent system third season in like you said um just kind of being very methodical and mechanical with this offense yes I mean that's it I mean the third year going into this system now they're, they're like they're nobody has stopped this nobody has stopped this yet and you know I think a lot of that had to do with them stopping themselves in that NFC championship game. So when I look at the only thing that's holding me back a little bit is losing the offensive line pieces like Corey Lindsley, like that's a big deal to lose your center. Like, and now you got to bring in a new center. Like that's it's an anchor your offensive line. That will probably be a, a something that they will go after in the draft. That's probably something that they'll be drafting directly. So, so let's move on. I want to move on to who, I would guess is their biggest competition in this division. And that's the Minnesota Vikings, um, obviously making their biggest splash of the off season with Patrick Peterson, which they desperately need to up, up, upgrade their defense. And I mean, they had a lot more other pieces on their defense, Xavier Woods. Um, what are your thoughts on the Vikings? We were kind of on opposite ends of the Vikings, I think last season. And I was, we I was pretty much on them being down and you thought they were going to be up. What do you think about what they did as far as improving clearly a dedication to improving the defense? And last year they middled us because they were basically a middle of the road team trying to get that divisional, uh, that wild card spot. I love what the Vikings did. And I think people are underselling them because you want to know something. They had three of their defensive linemen missed a ton of the season last year. I mean, Michael Pierce missed the whole year, basically Daniel Hunter in a little bit of a contract snap, but Missed a lot of time. Like he, those guys are going to be back. They re-signed Stephen Weatherly, Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, that's a great signing. That's a great signing for the Vikings to shore up the defensive line. 
Patrick Peterson to me, like I obviously am in love with Patrick Peterson. He's been one of my favorite players, but he is a little grabby. He's a little older. He got called for a lot of flags last year, but just his presence alone in that locker room makes me feel a lot better about how the, how the Vikings corner room Mackenzie Alexander comes back, Xavier Woods, like you said, they also add Steven Weatherly to the defensive line. So I like the big push for defense because they don't need it on offense. They don't need weaponry. They don't need that. They are loaded. They replaced Stephon Diggs perfectly with Justin Jefferson. I mean, they have all the pieces to go with this. So I kind of like it, man. No, I'm that that's actually a point that I, I I had on my sheet is that them being able to absolutely nail Justin Jefferson last season and get him to fill in basically the same exact spot on the wide receiver, you know, in, in their wide receiver, the portion of their offense, like allowed them to now go out and just absolutely restock this defense. And again, I agree with Patrick Pearson. We were talking about how fast cornerbacks fall off. And it's like, you know, as good as we want to hold this guy, there's going to be that one year where it's just holy crap, what happened to Patrick Peterson? And so hopefully for the Vikings, it's not this year, the first year of his you know contract. Well, he only got a one-year deal, I believe, right? They signed him one year, 10 million. So again, I mean, that's kind of what we see out of these cornerbacks later in, later in their career. So, um, but I think playing in a, a, a Mike Zimmer defense, he's going to know how to obviously use him the right way because he's still, his IQ is off the charts as far as for a, deep, a, a defensive player, just an NFL player. Um, but their commitment back to going to going defensive, obviously what Zimmer wants to play, run the ball with Dalvin Cook, play action, deep shots. And the, the Vikings could be back this year. I don't I will not be opposing them as I was last season. Ah, so it's a little changing of the guard here. Blow the horn. Absolutely. I, love- no, I mean, I, I love everything they did. They they addressed the direct problem they had. Like so the corners were their biggest problem and they bring in Patrick Peters. I mean, I hope that he's at the level he's at. They get depth. That's the key. That's the key. But remember, they did lose two big guys on the offensive line with Reef and Elfline, both gone. So how do they navigate those waters? We will see. We will see. Speaking of navigating waters, uh, that Windy City of Chicago here, uh, this seems like we talked about Houston and Philadelphia. This seems like an absolute just spiraling death trap out of control. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have given up basically and told the world we were wrong on Mitch Trubisky and you replace them with the red. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, this is going to be a, this is going to be a fun one in Chicago. eh? Yeah. And I think that Chicago is a little bit more delusional than those two franchises. <laughs> Chicago's got a great defense and they've got guys like Allen Robinson in like good pieces, but they just, I mean, Matt Nagy is a signal caller in the, the, the magician, the wild card out of the hat, just wanted to just all of a sudden just, all right, third and three, the most important third out of the game. We're going to run wildcat for the first time today. Or we're going to have a, we're going to have Tariq Cohen throw the ball. Like they're, they're an absolute delusional mess. And I mean, Poor Bears fans just got to go through some more pain again with what should be the defense should be good again. They lose Fuller, obviously. Kyle Fuller comes over to the Broncos and they lose a couple of the pieces. They lose Kyle Long on the offensive line. Um, and it just, yeah, they they also didn't seem to fix those holes that they lost. So they already had a bunch of holes going into the offseason. They lose some more pieces. So it, it might be bad for the Bears this year. 
outside Allen Robinson, and there's 17,000 tight ends. <laughs> I mean, like, what? Uh, uh, shout out Jimmy Graham. Brandon I was Hunt. just going to say, you just reminded me of that freaking Saints playoff game. <laughs> Breaking hearts, worst loss of anybody on the show last year. Amazing one-handed grab at the end of that Saints game. Amazing. Uh, outside of that, I mean, like, and even to have those 17,000 tight ends, I mean, Nagy worked wonders. How they got, like, I'm not going to put all this blame on Nagy, to be quite honest with you. They've made the playoffs two out of the last three years after not doing anything. Like, Nagy did a pretty damn good job coaching that team. And obviously having Khalil Mack helps, too, and having a pretty good defensive line. But you know, to me, it, it's it's the Bears are going to break hearts again. I, they're just going to break hearts again. They're going they'll have that five and one starter, that you know three and one start, and finish eight and nine or nine and eight, and be on the cusp. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, they'll be in the hunt. They're always on the in the hunt graphic, but nobody's we're nobody's taking any Super Bowl futures on them. I don't think Out, so. Outside of the Chicago area. Yes, every single podcast guy available. It feels like every single guy on all the major podcasts are all Bears fans, and it drives me up a freaking tree because they all complain <laughs> so much. Um, is the are the Detroit Lions the worst team in football? Just they talk about another team that signed all of the mediocre players in the league <laughs> on on what is maybe the worst roster in the NFL. Again, they're just like we need players to start we need to fill out a depth chart that is what the lions did and man if jared Goff was getting dragged with sean mcveigh and the rams he has matt patricia and the freaking well, Matt patricia's back in new england now oh that's right i who uh, uh god no they've got even worse they got matt patricia 2.0 they've got dan campbell Oh my God! They're gonna be they're gonna be biting kneecaps off. I forgot about biting kneecaps, baby. I mean that that team is that PC principle? Is that the PC? Yes, principle? yes. <laughs> it is the PC principle. <laughs> Looks just like them, but um, yeah. I mean, Lions. What two two three wins? I mean, yeah, it's hard. What do we hard do? to find that? They 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 they're like the jet. Like like I like Michael Brockers. I really like Michael Brockers. <laughs> We got bad that he went to Detroit because he's a good DN. I thought he was he was buried under Floyd and Darnold uh, on that on that or Aaron Donald on that that uh, that defensive line. And Michael Brockers now going to go to Detroit. <laughs> like you, like Michael Brockers going to Detroit after completely bashing Jared Goff and then gets traded to Detroit like it was the funniest thing of the offseason. So the the Lions are going to be the most fun to like listen to post game like they're gonna be electric with the amount of turmoil that all their like teammates are gonna bestow upon us you get terrell williams gonna come play wide receiver these are them replacing marvin jones and kenny Galladay. and brashad perriman yes i was just gonna oh say oh my god brashad perriman it's amazing jamal williams back up from the packers running back but don't forget our guy. Don't forget our Connecticut-born Tim Boyle come and play backup. He will be starting Thanksgiving Day. Don't you worry. Xavier High School's Tim Boyle added, went to UConn. He's starting Thanksgiving Day, I promise you. I can't wait to bet over 11 and a half yards on, <laughs> on Tim Boyle. <laughs> Remember the name, folks. Remember <laughs> the name. Uh, let's go to the South. Let's go to the NFC South. I'm sorry, we didn't do this. Over-unders oh. in the NFC North. Uh, again, the only one 
I didn't write it down, but again, what's the Lions? I, well, the Lions are low. I think they're like five. Five wins, I believe, is that like I would maybe flirt with taking that. Just they're so such a weird team. But again, apparently I agree with what you said about the Packers because I saw 10 and a half wins for the Packers. And I said that feels in a again, a 17 game season. I would count the Packers for 12 wins. I mean, 12 and five out of the Packers would feel like an underwhelming season, don't you think? It would, but are they the I mean, like who is better than them right now That's outside of out, out, like outside of Tampa, who's better than them in the NFC? I mean, you can't say again. You, so you can't say the Cowboys, uh, the Saints. Now, again, we, we we're going to get to that, obviously, but we've kind of been predicting the downfall of the Saints with Drew Brees coinciding with it now. So who knows where that goes? It, it's true. It's hard to find some serious, serious competition. Outside, yeah, of, outside so, of the West, again, everybody in the West, but they're going to eat each other alive out there. That West is so loaded. I have the Packers, like you said, 10 and a half, 11, like hovering right around there. I don't know if I would touch that number. I do like a couple of unders in this division, though. I like the Detroit under at five. I think that's a like they're not getting a five wins. It's not happening. Like they, their their team is clearly, clearly the worst team in football. Uh, by roster wise. I mean, they are really, really bad. And I like the bears under, I like the bears under seven. I don't, I don't see it. I just, I don't see Andy Dalton leading this team to with an improved Vikings team, I think. And then the Packers being as good as they are, there isn't competition there for me to say the bears are going to, you know, they lost pieces on the defense. They didn't gain anything here. I mean, losing their number one corner is going to be a big deal. That's that's that's, that's going to be a huge deal. That's a big deal. I'm taking the under with the Bears. I'm taking the under with the Lions. I, I like it. Okay, sweet. Oh, I'm also taking uh, Vikings to win the division plus three hundred as well. I will. They, they are. I mean, I mean, outside of I think the Bucks are the biggest favorite to win their division, but the Packers are really, really, you know, really juiced up there as far as you got to pay like a two hundred minus two hundred price. So, um, some of those where they basically count. You know, those are the divisions when they basically count the rest of the division out. Those are where you got to take some flyers and some shots. And and again, have something happen like what happened in the NFC East last year. I mean, what was I, I, I don't really know off the top of my head, but Washington, beginning, Washington at the beginning of the season was probably six, seven, eight hundred. I mean, yeah, huge right. odds. So who knows what can happen? Washington was like plus nine fifty to win their division. It yeah. was something ridiculous like that. Let's go to the NFC South. This is a really weird division now because you it's basically dominated by one team. At least it seems that way. But look, I, I don't want to talk about the Bucs first. I want to talk about the Saints first because it seems like the Saints are projected to have this giant fall from grace. Um, yes, they lost pieces on defense and they had no money and they had to make a bunch of cuts. They were really able to keep most of their core here around Obviously, the biggest loss for them is Drew Brees. But, how, like, at the end of that season, I mean, Drew Brees really, like, he was noodle arm Brees. Like, he was really feeling like he really couldn't get any torque on the ball. Taysom Hill is interesting because Taysom Hill is, I think, clearly going to be uh, the starting quarterback. And I think we're going to see a whole new Saints defense. So there's a lot of questions to see how teams deal with Taysom Hill. His mechanics are not great, but he is still i mean viable quarterback in the league where maybe he could get them to possibly stay relevant in terms of a playoff picture 
yeah, I, I have a hard time with the Saints. Again, I feel like I've been like, like just predicting their downfall. I just apparently I, I I just hate Sean Payton and I have no faith in him. And but again, as you as you say this now, it's like I probably am just underestimating them because Sean Payton's a guy that can take a a mediocre roster and they have above a mediocre roster. They have an above average NFL roster and get them nine, 10 wins. I mean, I don't see why not, you know, obviously the rest of the division is, is a little bit more beefed up now. Obviously Tampa Bay defending champions, Carolina adds a lot more pieces on top of what they were building on last year. Um, I, I struggle so much with the saints. I really, cause it's just when Taysom Hill, or wait, also you say assuming you're, or, or guaranteed, that Taysom Hill will be the quarterback. Yeah. There's Jameis Winston's on the team. They re-signed him for a reason. I mean, keep Taysom Hill as the gadget player. Who are you going to start at tight end, running back, fullback, and, and slot receiver if you start Taysom Hill at quarterback? I I'm, mean, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who they're going to start. They're going to start Nick Vanette. Nick Vanette, their big tight end signing over the offseason. No, no, Nick Van. I mean, they they have they have like three tight ends on the roster right now. We know Adam Troutman. I mean, he was decent, but like, you know, I I get what you're saying. I, Their I, offense I, is just too confusing for me to. I have no read on that. I really. It's don't. a it's a read option offense now. It's going to be a read option offense now. It's going to look like the Ravens. That's that's what it's going to look like. I truly, in my heart, believe that Peyton has been waiting. He probably wanted Breeze gone two years ago, for crying out loud, probably. so he can implement this. I mean, I I do think I think just for the sake of this, I got to take an. Uh, we'll get into the over unders actually after, but I got to take maybe some flyers on the Saints. There's a possibility that might happen. Um, let's go to that other team you just mentioned, Carolina. Let me talk about Carolina. Obviously. Huge fan of this football team, like massive, massive fan of this football team. If I wasn't a Patriots fan, I might be a Carolina fan right now because the moves that they made, they upgraded a ton of positions. They cut some dead weight. They got rid of some weight, and then they added on the beef because I think what they were trying to do was get Watson. I really do believe that that's what they were trying to do. But instead, you know what? Screw it. Let's just add the big beefy guys on the offensive line. Let's add some physicality to our team. Let's add Pat Elfline. Let's add Cam Irving in the middle. Then let's do it on defense too. Let's add Hassan Reddick. Let's add Morgan Fox who had a really good year. I mean, like they added some really nice pieces. Your boy, AJ Bouye, little over the hill, but you know what? It's a, you know, it's going to help. It's going to help. He's a veteran, you know, but again, like I said, like the number one thing for that team was the big trade. Sammy D, baby. Sammy D coming to C-A-R. Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's have at it. Sammy D has a big year this year, yes? I agree. I mean, it, I actually heard I heard someone talking about, you know, uh, the draft and these quarterbacks and how, you know, as we're saying, how Atlanta holds kind of the keys to the draft of that four spot. I mean, once San Fran got the three Sam Darnold should have been the target versus drafting again. Like, yes, there's, there's like five quarterbacks that we want to take out of this draft, right? Like five statistically two or three of them aren't going to work. Like two or three are just not going to pan out versus you have a guy in Sam Darnold who's still only 23 years old, who has just not been given a fair shake in the NFL. And you bring him into a team that was already just building some serious momentum last year that didn't trade Christian McCaffrey like you advised them to. So they've got him. They, again, they only lose Curtis Samuel. 
Robbie Anderson comes in last year and is a fantastic fit. Do you think Sam Darnold's familiar with him? Yes. Um, and then you have DJ Moore, who again has started finally is really coming into his own um last year with with a well underwhelming first half of the season, better second half of the season. Fantasy owners will remember. <laughs> well, they basically are gonna replace Curtis Samuel with David Moore's gonna come over from Seattle, who was like a third or fourth guy on the roster right there. But I mean, you know, he's a service player. I, I do think I, I do wish that they had maybe a little bit more beef still on the defensive line. They've added it with Derek Brown, obviously in the middle, and then they have Brian Burns and they have guys like that. I want to see a little bit more out of them. I love Jeremy Chin. I mean, I love Jeremy Chin. I think next, I think Jeremy Chin could be all pro safety this year. I really do. He had a great rookie year. Um, you're right about McCaffrey. I mean, they do need to find somebody to help compliment McCaffrey, though, because he can't take 95% of the snaps. I mean, he just can't do it. We saw it last year, what it did to his body. I mean, they don't, they don't have Mike Davis right now. Mike Davis is, is gone. He's actually on the Falcons now. So I, I do hope that they maybe add, like, a late-round running back. Maybe they add there. But overall, uh, the sky's the limit for Carolina. Sky is the limit for them, I think. Um, Joe Brady offense is going to be very interesting this year and a lot of Joe Brady talk for head coach if things go right. Absolutely. Uh, already a lot of Joe Brady talk out there with some of these college coaches opening as well. Uh, okay. This is what we talked about in the beginning of the show was that. And the point that I kind of referenced was normally the AFC is less competitive than the NFC, the NFC, or I'm sorry, the NFC is more competitive then the AFC said the same thing twice, just reversed it. Don't worry about it. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, to me, the best team in football. The best team in football. And it's right now, to me, it's not close. Because they don't have any weaknesses. They have no weaknesses. They re-signed everybody. Shaq Barrett, you need beef on the defensive line? You can have him back. You can have Endomican Sue back as well on the, uh, to resign. You can have Gronkowski back, ready to go, probably going to be catching passes in the Super Bowl. You can have back Leonard Fournette. You can have everybody back from a completely juggernaut team. Oh, yeah. We'll even replace LaShawn McCoy with Giovanni Bernard, who's still got legs left. I mean – where is the weaknesses here for this football team? I don't see them. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that we had bad things to say about the Bucks is early season, it was clearly just not there as far as, like, team chemistry and the offense and, and some of the mistakes they were making. It was clearly just timing, not being on the same page with Brady and his receivers. And clearly, they figured that out by the end of the year. They clearly got that addressed. And they bring in what everybody said that Brady was missing so bad in a pass catching back. And they bring in the guy who's just been nothing but a pass catching back for like the past eight years in the NFL in Giovanni Bernard. I can't wait. Every single fantasy football article I read is going to tell me in PPR leagues, you need to add Giovanni Bernard. I it's, it's going to be the top of every single fantasy article. I can't wait to read it, but I agree. I mean, they keep this whole squad who, Right after they won the Super Bowl, during the boat parade, they're like, we're all coming back. We're all going to win again. And Lou gave me a look before because you know of a certain guy that is, quote, unquote, retiring, just like Rob Gronkowski was from the Patriots last year. So they lost Adam Humphreys 
uh, it, perfect timing, or, or, or sorry, Scotty Miller saw the team. Sorry, Adam Humphries was on uh, two years ago. But uh, Wait, certain, I feel you. I feel you. Certain guy number eleven could fill in that perfect little <laughs> slot receiver safety valve role. It's not happening. It's not happening. You, it's a pipe dream that everybody wants to put out there in the ether, speak it into the universe, and have it exist. He's Foxborough forever, baby. That's what he is. All right. I All right. I, I'm betting you right now, round of golf on Julian Edelman signing by. Okay. Absolutely. There we go. Money. Absolutely. Round of golf. I'm all in. I mean, right. stick dinner while you're at it. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> look, look, look at the team in itself. Running backs, Ronald Jones, Leonard Burnett, Giovanni Bernard. That's a crazy freaking running back room. Wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. Uh, you've got uh, – they don't have Antonio Brown anymore, obviously. He's still a free agent. I don't know if he signs anywhere. The tight ends, Gronkowski, Cameron Bray, and, oh, yeah, O.J. Howard is still on the team. He just hurt the entire year. The offensive line, stacked. The defensive line, stacked. Bring all the linebackers back, stacked. They probably can add a corner. They could probably add a corner in the draft and be totally fine with it, totally fine with it. I mean, they're they're low. They're crazy. Um, NFC favorites again, for sure. Without a doubt. Uh, And Atlanta. So Atlanta is a weird one. And and it's like, dude, it's, I I can see you. I mean, like they are so unpredictably weird that you look at that team and you say, why are they so bad when they have so much talent? Why are they so bad and they have so much talent? And, you know, obviously the answer last year was defensively, they were hot garbage, but I mean, you lose Raheem Morris now. He's gonna. He's gone. So that was the one guy they were playing for. It's like, where does Atlanta go? Where do they fit inside of this division? Yeah, you know they they signed some defensive pieces, but again, just nothing that nothing that pops off the page to you at all. There's you know no big edge rusher signing, no big you know secondary signing, which they really they lose Keanu Neal, who's who are the only guy that we used to like talk about on the defense as being like a playmaker and being able to do anything. Um, he's gone now he's on the Cowboys. So I don't know. And it's just like, you know, I really, I really thought that when uh, they were going to bring in, you know, Arthur Smith, like maybe it's time to turn this over again. There was talks about they're so up against the cap with, with Ryan and Julio Jones, there was the talk about what they're going to do and they're just standing pat and they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing and they're just going to keep dragging their feet through the freaking mud. <laughs> I, hey, listen to these signings on the defensive side of the football real quick for you. You like 32-year-old Eric Harris to come play safety? You can also have a Barkevius Mingo. How many teams has he played for? You got Mingo was his name oh, and he's in Atlanta now. I mean, that's a name that we know, not for good reasons. Brandon Copeland, former New York Jet. Lewis. I mean, like to play middle linebacker, uh, hasn't played in like two years. So that's fun. I do like the Mike Davis signing. Nice running back sign there. I mean, <laughs> that's all I got. They lose Alex Mack on the center. I mean, I, I have nothing. I have nothing. Yeah, they lose their one big offensive piece, offensive line piece that they traded for, you know, years ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Mike Davis, he just replaces Tevin Coleman. They lose Tevin Coleman. So you know where are we are, we're, we're flush again. We're just no advantage. So, uh, yeah, they're they're going to be a head scratcher. They're going to be again the perfect eight and eight team. But I guess they get to finish eight and nine this year. 
seven and seven and ten. I don't know. I I think they're a top five pick team next year. I, I just I mean I could see it. I mean, well, uh, wait, are we on? Matt Ryan is an every other year. I think last year was his year, and he didn't go off. So I think oh, maybe we, we broke the cycle finally. I think we broke the cycle. Shoot. Yeah. That, that means we're in a big steep decline. Maybe yeah. they'll draft a quarterback then. Absolute know. fall off. I mean, I, I it also it blows my mind that everybody's talking about trading to the fourth pick to get the quarterback. And it's like, what are the Falcons doing? Like, aren't they should be taking the quarterback? Uh that's a that is a job that I don't envy for the new GM and the new head coach. To uh over-unders in the NFC South. Um God. Saints under nine wins. <laughs> I I don't know. I just keep talking myself into it year after year. And I, I think I need to listen. I just, but as soon as I listen to you and I get off my take, then I'm going to be wrong. So I got to, I got to uh-huh. stick stone cold to my take. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I said, just when the Saints think they're dead, they'll kill us all. I mean, like, I, I believe in Sean Payne. I would go over nine in the Saints. I would. I just, just nobody believes in that team. And I think they're a good value still. Give me the Bucks over 11 and a half. They might go 16 and one. I mean, this, I don't know what they're going to like, They're ridiculous. Um, with that extra game, too, give me that over 11 and a half. I'll, I, know you're not, I know we're not supposed to take overs for double digit win teams, but I, I, I got to take that one. That's almost too easy. What about your cats? How are you feeling about your cats? Seven and a half, the number. I'll take the over. I'll take the over yeah, on that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Let's let's go. Let's ride it out. We're liking the Bengals this year. We're liking the Panthers this year. Let's freaking get it done this year with the with the cats. Cats scratch fever. I love it. The Bucks are like minus three hundred or two fifty to win the division. It's like nope, not they're not good. actually. I was just looking at they're minus one sixty five to win the division. Thank that you. is, I I would lay that number. That's that's not enough juice to scare me away. That is crazy. Oh. That's unbelievable. I lost. I looked at it a week ago, and it was minus two twenty-five. It must get some steam on some other teams. I mean, oh my god, take that, take that number. Uh, let's go to the West. This might be the most interesting division that like anybody could win across anybody. the board. Across the board. Uh, I'm gonna let you start, man. Which team do you want to talk about? You have to talk about the Rams. I mean. The the what the Rams can do obviously they lose they lose some pieces on the defensive side um, some secondary pieces and they lose the defensive coordinator that you know led them to have that number one passing defense in the league last year but you bring in all of a sudden Sean McVay gets to lose gets to leave Jared Goff behind and we get to go to Matt Stafford Matt Stafford playing with the best coaching staff that he has ever played with in his entire career. I am so excited for this guy, and I'm so excited to see what he could do. Um, and I got it. Hope he doesn't fall flat on his face. But the Rams are so intriguing to me. They're intriguing because their defense was so good last year. And if they had Matt Stafford last year, I feel like they could have made a really, really deep run. But that was last year. Yeah. And now this year. Sorry, a lot of pieces off that defense gone. A lot of pieces gone. A lot of pieces. Sam Ebukam, gone. Michael Brockers, gone. I mean, John Johnson, gone. I mean, it's a different-looking defense. It really is. No first-round pick again. Congratulations. Seventh, eighth year in a row, however many years it is. Um, Gerald Everett and Josh Reynolds, both gone off the offense. Their offensive line is a year older. 
I love Pat Stafford, and I feel like McVay can use him really, really well. But I got to tell you, like, the Rams seem like the hot Hollywood team that kind of falters at the end of the script. I mean, it's just not – it doesn't do it enough for me right now with the Rams. I, I think they did a good thing by, by bringing Stafford over there in win-now mode, but I think they, they, they're going to suffer. They're going to suffer – the consequences of the amount of money that they have spent over the last couple of years. So where's your, who's your favorite in the, in the clubhouse here? Uh, I, I hate buying into him because there's some uncertainty here, but I'm right back on the San Francisco train, baby. Take me to San Francisco and put some flowers in my hair. I mean, I'm just, I think the best move was the Trent Williams signing. That was so huge for them. I don't think they overpaid for him. They made him the highest paid offensive lineman in the, in the history of football. And I think he absolutely deserves it because he's a freaking truck. I mean, like, that's a great sign. Alex Mack comes play center. I mean, he, the Mack is back. Man. I mean, I love it. I love what they did. They bring in Ebu Kam to come play with Fred Warner next to him, re-sign Jaquiski Tat, our favorite freaking name in football, Jaquiski Tat. <laughs> I mean, like, I really like what the 49ers have done, but who's playing quarterback? I mean, who's playing quarterback? Is it are we we're getting Alex Mack snapping to Mac Jones? I mean, is has that ever happened in the NFL where a center snaps to a guy with the same last and first name? I don't know. I mean, Mac Jones is like that's the whole talk. That's everybody's talking. Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones is going to San Francisco. Where does that leave Jimmy? He's in our plans for 2021. I mean, that's the most confusing part of that. I think he is. I actually think that I think Shanahan and Lynch might be working to build something. Cause again, I don't think that that Mac Jones is the guy that people are expecting to come in. He's not Trevor Lawrence where he's got this immense level of talent. But I think that they care about Mac Jones between the ears. They look at they look at Mac Jones and they say, "This is a guy we get into our system early. We have Jimmy for another year or two or whatever, you know, through his contract. I don't know how long he's signed through, but I think they're look they're investing in Mac Jones again with with what he has between his ears, teaching him the offense, being able to run it, you know, like the back of his hand because that's what Shanahan's looking for. Or again, they're going for a freak athlete in a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields." Which way are they going? Do you believe in the the smoke screen? What a great draft term. The smoke screen. You're gonna hear that all day on draft night. What what's the reason to smoke screen? The first two picks are locked in. So they're essentially the first pick. Like it's basically like the Niners are on the board right now. You know what I mean? I mean, we have Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson going. So who are they trying to fool? That's true. That's a good point. It's a good point. Mac Jones to me is, I think, could possibly, and we'll talk about it five years down the line, but I really like Mac Jones being one of those maybe one or two guys to be successful. Oh, it, it, because he's married with the coach. Like the coach quarterback combo yes. is really, really good. So I'm I'm I hope that's where they go because I think it would be a really nice fit. And Mac Jones is a guy for me that even if he's not a starter, that is a he is a career backup in the NL. That's a perfect guy that you're like, we can have him sitting behind our number one if things don't work out for him. He's teaching Bill O'Brien the Alabama offense as we speak. So 
He if if Alabama's like really good this year, which they probably will be, he might revitalize Bob's career. Oh my God! Let's <laughs> pray to God that doesn't happen. Let's go, Bob. Learning from Mac Daddy. Let's go, baby. Uh, so it seems as if we're probably skeptical on the Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what team are you more skeptical of? It's got to be the Cardinals. If you're just going from like, you know, previous history, quarterback. I mean, is Kyler Murray going to get over? He shows all these flashes, but then he's just he's just an idiot sometimes. Hmm. And, you know, I got to say, they bring in they, they bring in um, J.J. Watt. I mean, a veteran signing kind of minor piece, not that big of a deal as everybody's making it out to be. Um, and they, they, they bring in some more pieces. They bring in a, another aging guy in A.J. Green. They bring in injury-prone, never-playing James Conner. Like, are any of these pieces really the pieces? Uh, Rodney Hudson, probably the biggest piece that they sign, obviously, on the offensive line. But he's old, too. I mean, you know, a lot of aging pieces here. I don't know if it's enough to get them over the hump. And then Seattle, I don't know where to stand with Seattle. I never know where to stand with Seattle. <laughs> They're the one team in the league that just when you when they're bad they're good and when they're good they're bad like it's like that's how it is up is down and down is up uh spin the wheel of gutless bum washed up players with Arizona signings I mean like come on JJ Watt AJ Green Malcolm Butler injury all the time James Conner Colt McCoy just to add in a little extra for you he's playing over there um Sean Williams, Chris Banjo at set, Brian Winters, who's like the worst lineman in the league. I have no idea he's at job. I mean, like, what are, I mean, that team is weird, man. Phoenix is the retirement community. I mean, they're all clearly moving there so they can take a one year contract and then play golf 365 days a year, like you can in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, Patrick Peterson just did like the opposite. He went north. To, like, he's got to be a different animal. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. interesting. But, yeah, Arizona to me, they either will be an amazing football team or really, really bad. I, I that's where I'm at with them. Is this Pete Carroll's last season as the Seahawks head coach? I think it might be. There's, a, there's, a, be. there's a possibility in the division this stacked. I mean, one team is gonna, you know, underperform. All these teams have high expectations. One of these teams is gonna finish below 500 because they're gonna get you know, again, beaten up in this division and the rest of, again, what we're saying could be, a well, no, you're saying the NFC is going to be down this year, but I mean, just having the six games on the calendar against these division opponents, those are six hard games. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I don't think the NFC is necessarily down. I just think there's one team that's way better than everybody else. And that's, that's the thing I'm at, but with, with this division, I mean, I think it's Rams and 49ers. I completely agree with you, but I do think that, and I think Seattle is the odd team out. I do agree with that too. But I do think if you placed a futures bet on Arizona winning the division at like plus 430, like I don't fault you for that because I think they just could randomly be good because all these teams have question marks, all of them. So why the hell not place a place a divisional on, on the worst team there in Arizona? It's the only division that doesn't have – it's the only division that has everybody at plus 200 or more. Showing that again, even Vegas has no read on who the the odds-on favorite is. Like it's it, there's the two teams at plus two hundred uh, with the Rams and San Francisco at plus two hundred, Seattle at plus three hundred, Arizona plus four fifty. 
Like they are all right there. There's no other division that has those numbers that close. So that's the only futures bet I like in that division. I don't like any of the over-unders because there's no, there's no, there's no way to measure it. You know? No, I agree. I, th- I think, I think you bet a, a division winner, whoever your favorite is in here. And like you said, it could be whoever your favorite is, whichever one I wouldn't fault you for. Uh, but I agree. I don't like any of the win totals. No, none. I would take San Francisco and I would take Arizona. If I was going to take two futures, take the bigger odds. Bang. Get a little bang for your buck. Uh, Matty ice. Let me ask you a question. My friend, mm. Are there any MVP possibilities for you in the NFC? I mean, do we go with Kyler Murray again? We were just, I mean, we're talking down on him. I don't think that's going to happen. It just feels like the, the trendy name to pick. But, I mean, outside of that, him and Aaron Rodgers, those are the only guys I could see winning MVP out of the, the NFC. And I guess Tom Brady, but I don't think that he has the numbers anymore. I think he's Super Bowl MVP written all over him, but I don't think he's the numbers guy. I think there's just too, there's too much big passing and everything else going on in this league that Brady is not going to be MVP worthy, regular season MVP worthy. I am in total disagreement with that, but that's okay. Yeah. Of I mean, course. I, because I'll tell you why. I like the value of Tom Brady. Because I remember last year what Tom Brady was at to start the year. He was at 10 to 1 to be the MVP last year. My last look, he was 14 to 1 to win the MVP. I'm all in. I'm all in. I mean, the weaponry, everything that they have, like, there's no reason, and it's crazy to say, oh, yeah, 43-year-old Tom Brady, but we know he just defeats Father Time all the time. Um, that's the only guy in the NFC that I like. The only guy in the NFC that I like. I can't take Rodgers on a back-to-back. I cannot do that. I lied. Dak Prescott. <laughs> My, I was all over it last year, and, I, and we have to say this, and I know you'll agree with me. The most overvalued MVP on the list is Matthew Stafford at 14 to one as as happy as I am for him. And as, as much as I think he's going to do great things first year in that division, you know, first year with the head coach to go MVP. I don't think that's going to happen next year. Maybe my first initial thought was I got to bet Matt, Matt Stafford MVP, any number, any number. And then I looked at the number. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Because everybody thought the same thing. You know what you would think you're thinking you're getting him for all 30 to one, maybe like that. It's like, like 12, 14 to one. No, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not that, I'm not that crazy. I'd rather double down on Carson once. Yes. That, that, that second bet. That's exactly right. But two, a a double unit bet on Carson Wentz now to win MVP. Um, Any Super Bowl slash conference champion futures? I mean, I, I do agree with you. Same way I was speaking about the chiefs as far as, you know, again, bet them because they're probably going to get there. I mean, the Bucs are going to get to the NFC Championship game, in my opinion. I mean, they are. Them and the Packers, but I, I, I'm pulling up the odds right now. Uh, what do you have as far as AFC uh, – or, sorry, NFC or Super Bowl futures? Uh, I only have NFC futures. You know, I don't like to bet the Super Bowl, but I do really, like you said, like Tampa Bay. I don't think there's any reason not to bet them. At plus 250 right now, the Chiefs, I believe, are plus 200 to win the AFC. I think the NFC is not as good as as the as the AFC right now. I just I don't. I think there's more competition for the Chiefs. I think the Bucks are ahead of them. I'll take them at plus two fifty. And let me give you a long shot here. You want a long shot one? I'll take 
the Minnesota Vikings at 16 to one to win the NFC. I think they have the horses to do it. The one question is, can they keep the offensive line from costing them games? That's my issue. It's a stinky pick. Don't you see that? Lewis, I can see he's disgusted with this pick. That's why you take it. It's a disgusting pick. It's a long shot. I don't think it's probably going to happen, but I'll take it. Vikings 16 to one. Cowboys 14 to one. NFC oh. Yes. Yeah. Take, oh. take the odds. Take the odds. Bet the narrative. Bet the narrative back coming back. Oh, my ulcer. My ulcer. Oh, jeez. You're all in, huh? Why not? It's it's the same team as last year with another year of Kellen Moore in the system. Mike McCarthy not in his first year. He kind of understands the roster a little bit more. Why not, man? Why not? Because Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy are the best other uh, two coaches. I know. <laughs> that, that Dan Quinn. It's really hard. I like for, for everything I've said bad about the guy, it really is hard for me to just now back him. But again, defensive coordinator versus head coach, totally different roles, totally different job positions. You do realize that the Cowboys haven't been to the NFC championship game since 1995, right? You do know that history is made every single day, right? <laughs> Touche, my friend. Oh, I love it. I love it. Let's, there's going to be a lot more trolling for the rest of the year. We're going to be trolling each other all day long. I love it. Lewis, do you have anything? Do you have any comments or questions or bets? Uh, you know, Dan, to be honest, you, you like them cats so much. Uh, I was real surprised you didn't even look at Christian McCaffrey's MVP odds for this season. I understand the injury prone and everything like that, but you know, new quarterback in town, maybe help out, help him out a little bit. I don't know. You told me where, where are we for Christian McCaffrey? It's like 33, 33, I mean, it's not crazy. You would have considered it last year. So with a better quarterback now, wouldn't you say now? No, because I don't bet non-quarterbacks to the MVP. Smart man. All right. <laughs> throwing, throwing money away. It's the same until, reason you bet Darnold. Uh, until they, if, they didn't, if they didn't give Derrick Henry getting 2,000 yards last year the MVP, right. they're never giving it to him. Barely uh, yeah. a consideration for the MVP. Not, he wasn't fair. even second. He wasn't yeah. even second for the MVP. Josh Allen beat him out, which is criminal. Absolutely yeah. No, that's a fair point. No, that, that's all. That's all I had for today's show. That's an excellent point, though. I like I like you pushing back on us a little bit. There. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Matty Ice, I'm excited, man, because guess what? Next show, mock draft. Big time show. I I, I gotta I gotta get I gotta get into the numbers. I have I am going against Danny Pro Day, Danny Mock Drafts. He is gonna be wheeling and dealing. I'm gonna be making picks. We're, we're, we are going to be doing mock trades. Mock trades are on the table for this. So you guys need to make sure to tune in for this because I don't even, we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to be jumping on each other. We're going to be on the phones. <laughs> it's going to be madness. Maddie, you are on the clock, my friend. You are on the clock with the Jaguars pick. Get ready to freaking roll because this is going to be one of our most fun episodes I think we've ever done. I, I agree. Well, that's going to do it for us, though, ladies and gentlemen, for the NFC uh, free agency look and some futures bets. Again, we will be on for the mock draft. Next episode is coming out right before the draft comes out. So you got to tune into that one. It's going to be a freaking blast, and you're going to enjoy it. You can listen to us on Spotify, on the Apple Pod, on the Google Pod, and anywhere you get your pods. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we love doing this for you. We are going to be on Sports Country Radio, just so you know, for the weekend. So that'll be a lot of fun. Saturday and Sunday, you can listen to both of these shows. 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m., and 11 a.m. on Sat on Sunday as well. So you can enjoy that uh, and tell all your friends and tell all your friends and tell all your friends. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and for our producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Barracone, I'm Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening to the Sunday Con.